to Market Proof Marketing, the weekly podcast from the marketing minds at duconvert.com, where we talk about the current state of all things digital and how they impact home builders and developers around the globe. We're not here to sell you. We're here to help you and to try and elevate the conversation. I'm Kevin Oakley. And with me today, as always, is the ad doctor, Andrew P. Episode number 53. We're here. And Jackie, I'm giving you a name. You are the design queen. So <laughs> oh, I like change it. your Instagram handle, change your email, so fancy. change it all. Design queen at duconvert.com. Sweet. I will take it. Awesome. <laughs> Hi, guys. How are you? Good. Doing I'm great. Excited. I have not since my time as a home builder. When I was with NVR, there were a couple of instances because they had acquired us as a builder in Pittsburgh where we had to fly developers to the DC area to see what our new product was going to be like. Mm-hmm. And so there were several instances where I would wake up in the morning in my bed in Pittsburgh, go fly out to DC, drive by the Washington Monument, and then be back home in my own bed. And it was like a so marvel weird. to me whenever that happens. Like, kids, do you know where I was today? <laughs> I was not anywhere that you could drive <laughs> to here. and back. Uh, so yesterday I woke up at 3.30 in the morning, flew down to Atlanta Woo. and then flew back, uh, got in at 9.15 oh and slept in my own bed again. So I haven't done that in a long time. So I'm a little tired. Just fair warning. Blur. But it's a long day. Sure you don't miss it. It's been a... Sure you don't miss it. <laughs> it's kind of... I mean, it is fun uh, in, a, in a weird, strange way. Again, that like, do you know where I was, kids? I was in Atlanta. <laughs> Isn't that weird? Yeah. I guess the nice part is you get it done like okay i did i did that trip versus like it having to drag to the next day and then you leave first thing in the morning the next day yeah and the outcome makes it all worth it you know the, the mm-hmm. people there are great and it was it was good to to see them but my daughter who went with me last time i was in atlanta about a month and a half ago or so talking to the hba there and, and a builder she's like did you, what hotel did you stay at dad and i was like i, I didn't remember I, I woke up this morning oh <laughs> It just, that's when you realize how cool air travel is. If you, if you do it even semi-regularly, it gets lost on you pretty quickly, how amazing it is. And it's one of those things that probably amaze you how much, how much you get done in a day. Mm -hmm. Exactly. Yep. All right. Well, let's, uh, let's kick start story time here. Andrew, you want to? Yeah. Story time. We'll have a house update, but we'll stay. We'll, we'll do that a little bit later here. Um, this has been, I guess it's somewhat common budgeting for problem communities or like, oh, this one community hasn't been selling so well. We sold one last month. We sold zero last month. So I think we all collectively go through the process of like, how do we figure out how much money to spend on that and to make it make sense so you can get that budget approved versus just coming up with like a number like, oh, let's do $500 because that seems like a lot. It's not too much where it's not going to, it's it's not too little, but it's not too much where I'm going to get like a look where I'm like, where, hey, is that, that's a lot of money. What are you asking for $500 extra for? So what I would recommend doing is take the past 30 days, 60 days, 90 days, whatever time period, go through, see how many leads you have for that community. Let's say past 30 days, you've had 10 and then pulling the amount of traffic. This is, would all be in Google Analytics, pulling that number and I'll give you the conversion rate. And then of course, get your number of appointments you've had and then the sales. And then what is the goal? Hey, we need to sell two more houses or we need 10 more appointments. And just doing that math will then let you work backwards into a realistic budget. And you'll probably realize like, oh, $300 or you know $500 to try to sell two homes probably won't, probably won't cut it. Yeah. And when people mm-hmm. send us over a number or they're in the scenario and they're like, do you think X amount is enough? It almost always ends up being where it's either way more. We're like, oh, no, no, we don't need that. Or it's was 250 enough to solve this thing that's been driving our company nuts for the last three months. Like, well, that might not. I wish. No. At a zero. No. But having that, it also just helps you quantify how well the campaign ends up going. Obviously, getting the home sold or the community fixed is is good, too. But in comparison to how 
how much gasoline do you have to add to the fire to to make it actually work? Yeah, so it's been great. Uh, Andrew, you've been doing an awesome job at that, especially of anytime someone throws out a number, the ad doctor brings it upon himself yeah. to be like, we're going to we're gonna do some math on this ratio Let's do to some really math. quantify <laughs> what? the cost. It's hard. Lead. It's like, well, we're trying to drive from here to, you know, 300 miles down the road. And it's like, I think, you know, five gallons of gas will be good. It's like, well, we're driving mm-hmm. 300 miles and we get X amount per, per gallon. Like that's all we're doing, except, you know, on, on the website with sales and leads, like there's not that it's guaranteed to fix it um, because there's, in my opinion, there's almost always some type of other other issue that's making it more difficult to sell. Um, but if we could fix it by just getting more traffic to the site, then let's do that first. Um, yeah. And I'd also say we, we usually mm-hmm. recommend doing this in a condensed period. So instead yes. of like, hey, let's spend $2,000 over six weeks. It's no, no, no. Let's do 2000 over the next two weeks. As long as it's not over like a holiday, like a weird weekend where you like. Yeah, or even just a percentage of that 2000 over the two weeks. It, it doesn't have to be huge money, short period of time, but have a time dedicated to pause and circle back instead of waiting forever to see if it if, is this working or not, you know, check in on a shorter period of time. Yeah, quickly realize yeah. if it's working or not, I guess would be the outcome set of it six weeks later going, oh shoot, that right. didn't work. And you could exactly pivot. Cool. Jackie, how about you? Yeah. Okay. So for my story time, for those who really know me, I am a perfectionist. And for those who don't, I mean, yeah. all it takes is just working with me a couple of times with some projects and you can kind of see that I love what I do. I get consumed mm-hmm. and lost in my work, which is can be a great strength. But for me, it's personally, it's a big weakness too. So sometimes what takes someone an hour to do something may take me just a little bit longer. And hour and 10 minutes myself, maybe. Right? Just yeah. 10 minutes longer. That's it. <laughs> and I, exactly. Just, just a little bit longer. So I find myself at the very end, you know, kind of fiddling and perfecting something. And me as a designer, and I'm sure a lot of people can relate just in any sense, you sometimes can be not satisfied as much or, you know, you're fidgeting with a project or anything marketing wise. It's not uncommon for anyone in home building to come across a project and things change quite frequently through the process. It happens yep. a lot. And <laughs> like I, every time. you know, I, yeah. And just in even <laughs> the last couple of weeks, I sit back and I ask myself, you know, am I happy with this? What can I change to make it better? And it has ultimately led me to thinking is good enough? Is good, good enough? Is good sometimes enough in general? So mm. in our world, I know with marketing tools and strategy, you never want to settle for less. So to be a great marketer, you need to aspire to be more than good enough or just to find a quick fix. But if you're anything like me, it's, you know, an extra couple minutes or so that I find myself messing with something. Is it really making a difference? So is there anything that I, you know, is it truly any better than it needs to be or just occupying time that could be spent elsewhere? Like a project that's been hanging out in my, I'll get to it eventually pile. Right. So for me, you know, I, as a female, I naturally compare this to applying liquid eyeliner. It's so easy. <laughs> oh yeah. I've done this I, I know. There is something I, I, I never thought would be on this podcast ever. Go ahead. Liquid I'm eyeliner. Super okay. liquid eyeliner. I cannot wait. <laughs> Tell so me more. For me personally, okay, I guys, I don't know. There's a lot of people. <laughs> I have to it's Google like it a first, shared so it's a shared liquid. meme out there that it's funny because when any female will understand this, when you're fixing your eyeliner, it's easy to get carried away and you can ruin a look. So for eyeliner, you could just keep adding to it and then suddenly before you know it, you have raccoon eyes oh, staring back awesome. at you in like, the mirror. I'll just be a panda. <laughs> yeah, it's a panda. <laughs> That's funny. the meme. It looks That's like you like go left, funny. right, left, right, left, right. And eventually your whole eyes are just you're like a your panda whole bear. eyes are black. So it's one of those things <laughs> okay. I can compare that to that situation happening because so 
I found, and that's why, so I found a couple things that work. Kevin and I, I know we've talked about this. And at the end of the day, it's setting a timer. Close your email, put your phone in the drawer unless you uh, need it out. Yeah. I understand. Just to focus and give yourself that amount of time and look at it without having to constantly say, oh, what can I do to make this better? Because sometimes you, a good is sometimes good enough. I think you have to have some type of constraint or sometimes people just struggle with the, not, not because they don't have other stresses or pressure in their life, but they just, they tell themselves that there's always five more minutes to do this just a little bit better. Mm -hmm. And it's not, it's not reality. Eventually time runs out. Eventually resources run out. There are always constraints. And so if you find that you are struggling being efficient with your time, it is a great practice to, to do a time study and to time block and say, I'm going to work on this for like you're saying a half hour or an hour or whatever. And when that thing buzzes, it is my reality check of, okay, I've spent one eighth or one tenth of my day on this. Yes. Is it good enough? And there's yeah. always that constant tension though. I remember back at Heartland, um, we created this acronym called SPIRIT and they stood for different things that were kind of minimum standards for everyone on the team. And the T stood for time. And it was, you know, put in the, t put in the extra five to 10 minutes to make something great. And, and obviously that's an example. Yeah. But if you can make something go from good to great or great to magical in five to 10 minutes, we all have five to 10 extra minutes, especially people who smoke. You've got like <laughs> an extra half hour every day it's a lot, yeah. uh, that right. you can figure out how to be more efficient. But <laughs> we all can save an extra five to 10 minutes or, or spend an extra five to 10 minutes making something dramatically better. But what you're talking about is being mm -hmm. self-aware enough to know when the, when the drop off in that exponential curve of improvement. Yeah. It, it like that extra happening. hour or two, I, five, 10 minutes, half hour, that's, you know, just some, those are needed to perfect something. But for me, if it's a perfect, another example is when I do any kind of design concept, it's easy to want to do five or six of those naturally. It's, you know, you think of those things and you have sometimes too much on your plate that you've created a list for that you could sometimes do those five or six things and make it down to two or three. Mm -hmm. And, and I feel like, and a lot of us in our roles, we take on a lot of jobs, wear many hats. So our time, it has to be focused on something, you know, continually having results or. Right. Well, I'm, a lot of times marketers are in charge of the company Christmas party, as an example. Mm -hmm. And if you want to kind of see if you can make Kevin frustrated with you, just explain why you can't do the other 95% of your job because you're busy planning a Christmas party. Yeah. And of course, I'm like, I'm outside of it. So I know you can't just make it a crappy Christmas party, but it also shouldn't be so overwhelming that you're trying to throw this amazing event where you can't do your real job for two weeks. Right. Either. Yep. Right. Party planning committee. Yeah. Yes. That, right. I, mean, I know. Yeah. That's from the office. That's from the office. <laughs> Jackie. Bringing in some of this. <laughs> I know you have to sneak it in there somehow. Jackie, when you're, say you have a task where you're, we've done it, um, say Google remarketing ads, you've made yes. a lot, quite a, lot? quite a bit, yeah. a lot. Yes. Would you say for this, someone who, um, so you, you're probably rather efficient at that. You have like the general idea. Would mm -hmm. you give yourself pre-planned extra time just to satisfy that mental desire of like, hey, I need to be able to tweet this a little bit. Say it takes you. Yes. I'm just making up numbers. Two hours to do it. Will you go, okay, I give myself two and a half hours. Mm -hmm. I know that's like a blend. I could do it in two, but I'm going to do a half hour of fiddling or whatever. And whatever to be honest with it. you, the more like, so for example, if it did take, you know, give that leeway of the two and a half hours, because I do find that I somewhat incorporate the extra time into okay. a new norm. But at, at the end of the day, I feel like the more you do something and the routine you have. So if I gave myself that extra time, I'd become mm -hmm. a little bit more quicker. So gotcha. in 
the end, it, it kind of, it does pay off giving, you know, making it. Because I, I think a lot of us, we want, if our name is attached to something, you want it to be the best it can be. But everything, I mean, you could run yourself into the ground trying to put 130% into every single oh, thing yeah. too. Mm-hmm. So, And the appearance of being busy or overloaded is not a good excuse for a marketer or a designer to give, right? That, that ultimately means you are inefficient. Unless, of course, you've been truly given too many things to do. Like I, I know one time someone got hired. They had no home building experience whatsoever. Um, they were hired in a marketing position and they weren't just made responsible in the first three months of, hey, make sure our ads look good in the website and, you know, signage mm-hmm. and all that stuff. No, they were asked to take on product development and oh where should we put our new oh, neighborhoods geez. in the next two to five years and just oh, all okay. this other stuff. And it was like, uh, no, okay, that's, you should be overwhelmed because they're actually asking you to do their job and your job with much. no training yeah. or experience. But I just am surprised by how many people wear a badge of honor of there's just so many things to do and I'm so overwhelmed and oh my goodness, what is mm-hmm. how, as if to say, and that's why I can't get anything done. Yeah. And that's a, that's a danger sign. If it's, it, anyone's going to be busy like that for a period of time, mm-hmm. but if you can't reset and gain control, eventually that will unwind uh, a, a lot of things, potentially including your, your career at that builder. Mm-hmm. So you do have yeah. to manage time like any other resource, even if you feel like you have an abundance of it. Uh, for, for any reason. So cool. So, t- yeah. Time management is key. That's key. Yeah. Yes. Always. Key. How about you, Kevin? What's going on? It, well, my story time is, is a blast. I love, I've done this myself many times now or a handful of times, and I always love to be able to do it for other people. So I've been selling houses on the side. Yep. Sneaky. Uh, no, I'm Kevin's, not a realtor. <laughs> I, I don't have my license. Real estate. Nah. <laughs> Actually, Hayden Oakley is the, Hayden Oakley.com is the only domain for my own kids that I don't own. And it's a oh. real estate agent, I think in <gasps> London or something. And really? it's a terrible website. And one day it will be mine, that domain. <laughs> I, I, I don't know if I need to pay for all my kids' colleges, but I feel like I need to be able to give them their own domain name. Oh, that's uh, awesome. When they, when I they love it. That's I awesome. Do that <laughs> Happy 18th birthday. Here you go. Yeah. No, I, I haven't actually been selling houses on the side, but we've been uh, helping a couple people, owners, people, different companies, and our very own Mr. Mike Lyon uh, market their home. So I thought I'd just quickly share again that, that this is still a general best practice. If you are selling your own home and you don't have an agent or for some reason don't want to use an agent, this only works like every time that we've tried it ourselves. Now, other people have tried it and it hasn't necessarily worked out. I, again, I can't speak to whether their pricing was off on their home, et cetera, but I'll give a couple couple stats here. All you need is a Facebook and Instagram ad campaign and a good Zillow listing. That's it. That's all you need. Sounds so simple. It's incredible. Right? And, and I think we're going to have Mike Lyon join in on a future yeah. episode. We'll go in a little bit more depth because, you know, he did his part. He got great photos taken of his house. He used box brownie. He did what we teach everyone else to do. Put up a whole bunch of photos, wrote a great description, got it on Zillow as for sale by owner. And then we ran, let me, let me look up. I think it's like $200 worth of Facebook I even, ads roughly. I don't even think wow. it spent that much. Uh, Maybe 150. Yeah. I had to turn them off yesterday. <laughs> and so he has, uh, you know what, let me, let me pull it up here. I've got it favorited on Zillow. And I'll, I'll, I could pull uh, up the, the spend. So his house has been listed on Zillow for 11 days. It has mm-hmm. 
800 views and 184 people have saved his home. Now, it is not a cheap home. It's a very nice house. It's maybe even aggressive on the price comparative to the rest of the area that that he's in. And again, his house, I think, is worth that much. But it's he's not getting that volume because, oh, my gosh, this is just the absolute best value home on the block. And I think particularly that save number, I believe he said it was like four or five times the amount that any of the other homes around him has, even though they've been on the site much, much longer. Mm -hmm. That's great. So this process for those of you who are running ads for a home builder now and can follow along quickly, uh, because again, we'll go into more depth is you make your own page for the house. So one, two, three, Happy Acres Drive, Columbus, Ohio. Uh, Just use the address part. One, two, three, Happy Acres Drive. Make a Facebook page, create a Facebook ad account, connect those two and put up some content on the page in case people see the ad, click on the profile. They can go back there or follow along or you can give other updates and information on the house there. Make sure you link to your Zillow profile and that's it. Uh, And so the ad itself has a couple images, talks about the home. And when you click on the ad, it takes you to your Zillow listing. Now there's a really cool side thing that's really interesting here too, which is one of them is is an owner of a home building company. And he actually sent Andrew and I a video that shows, now this is crazy and unverified and I don't expect Zillow to confirm or deny anything on this either. But (laughs) since his home has originally been listed on Zillow, it's now been on for 35 days, okay? Which Mm -hmm. of course is, uh, this house is over $800,000. So it's not going to necessarily fly off the shelf. It does have 52 saves, which is 40 more than any of the other homes in the neighborhood that are for sale, even though they've been on the market for similar lengths of time. Some are cheaper. So still way more people have seen this house. But I think because of the amount of traffic that Facebook and Instagram ads have sent to this listing and how many people have looked at it, it has jumped up in its Zestimate value by $35,000 alone in the last 30 days. Sneaky, sneaky. So since it was listed on Zillow and we started sending large amounts of traffic towards it, and again, they're not going to confirm or deny, but they did recently, remember, have that Zestimate prize where they gave a million dollars to the group that was able. And I just wonder if part of the algorithm now looks at how popular a home is on the platform. Mm -hmm. Just wondering. I feel like it should. Do you want to... um, Well, you you would think so. Yeah, I would think... Same with like Amazon if they're... I mean, of course, Amazon kind of account for sales and all this stuff to fluctuate mm-hmm. the price point, you know, essentially find the perfect price. Um, I would think that that could have an influence. Do you want to hear that? I got yeah. the metrics pulled up for uh, for Mike's Facebook yes, ad. Yes, I want to hear yeah. it. So only 111 spent, which is crazy. 1,600 clicks mm-hmm. at seven cents per click. And that's a click to the Zillow, Zillow. page, yep. not just the ad. It was an engagement campaign. So then total clicks where people, you know, clicked on it and it zoomed open and, and it got bigger was 7,400. Mm-hmm. It was crazy. Like, what in the world? And of course, that's a relevant yeah. score of 10. Face, Facebook loves this thing. They're showing as much as they can. Uh, frequency was right where it should be. You know, oh, yeah. Five, so that's so. the other, again, if you're doing this for your own house or a friend, what you do is you make them create the Facebook page. You create a post that you're going to turn later into your ads. So you're, you're combining the organic post with the money behind it, similar to a boost, but just more efficient and effective mm-hmm. and, and able to, to target it. And then what you do is as soon as you turn it into an ad, that's when you tell everyone you know to share the post anyway. So you're already kind of launching it with this organic reach and having all your friends and family share it to their network. And it gives it a great launching off point to be at the beginning when the AI starts to learn who it should be targeting. Yeah, oh, that's awesome. That's pretty cool. It's pretty good. But yeah, uh, it, it's not, I don't think everything's been fi- uh, finalized 100% yet, but Mike was going to have an open house. He has called that off because he has multiple offers. And I think the offer that they're accepting is $11,000 over their asking awesome. price. Mm. And that's and he's how not 
moving done. to Florida. Yeah. But literally it's incredible. The reason, yeah. the reason we'll probably have Mike on to talk about this is it's a great example of if you focus on any individual home and you give it the attention that it deserves and needs in terms of content, you put it on the right platform, you know, your own website or, or Zillow, and you have the right mechanism to get the right attention to that great content. It, it does absolutely work. It doesn't have to be overly complex. Which I feel like someone's thinking like, why don't I just run like 50 um, inventory home ads if they have that? The <laughs> I think they should think the opposite if they are thinking that is that the efficiency of you having mm-hmm. 20 quick moving homes or whatever, like you could have a single ad and then say 50% of those will get viewed because they fit what that person's looking for. But you still need the content on each of those mm-hmm. each of those homes. So you aren't stuck doing a single home. Good job protecting everyone from themselves. Yes. Take advantage yeah. <laughs> of the fact that if you have more than one inventory home, it's still going to be better off to, yeah, you could advertise. I have five in South Austin or wherever, right? Yeah. Correct. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Exactly. You're not stuck with one. I was like, I bet someone might be thinking, I got that stupid And if you take them to, to your own site, of course, they yeah. can consider every community an option you have. Whereas mm-hmm. you know, as an individual, you only have the, your own house to sell. So Zillow works just fine. Yeah. Cause I'm sure on Zillow, yep. they went to Mike's listing and then they went quote backwards to the map and they looked mm-hmm. at, Oh, I really like this home. I, I didn't know that was over there. What's right next to it. Maybe there's something similar. Right. So they'll do the same right. thing on your website. Yep. Cool. Yep. Uh, All right. House update time. Okay. House update. Let's see. <laughs> it's at the point now where Becca's we're like, in. She's happy. Oh yeah. Becca's uh, in. Smooth sailing. Mm-hmm. Like two weeks, uh, I think, you know, right? She, a week and a half. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. she doesn't have any more. Well, she'll have some insight on warranty and long-term follow-up. And if the builder ever comes back to say hi, that kind of stuff. But, yeah. I think mm-hmm. she, let's see. She had it on her calendar. Um, yeah. The, yeah. Next week is her 30 days. That's crazy. Oh, that can't 30 days already here. Check in or something. Wow. I swear it was. Yeah. So what's flies. the latest with the peak household? Um, let's see. I'll do what is left because carpets and floors and tiles in. They're doing final exterior paint touch up tomorrow. Uh, sod is Ooh. in. Landscape is in. Irrigation's in. Toilets are in. Sinks are in. I mean, pretty much everything is in. Like I'm trying, trying to. I'm visually yeah. <laughs> walking around the house like what is not done. Uh-huh. Um, uh, well, so you you don't trim. have much longer to go. About uh, about a month. So talk yeah, about the little 20, things. The little twenty fourth of June's the closing. Um, and we're like, how is it that far? Like we're and this I'll I'll speak more candidly as if I was I, I am a buyer who I've never built before. But like I'm like and both we just texted earlier before the podcast. Like how's it the 24th of June? Like this is financing already has all our stuff. Like this is mm-hmm. crazy. Like this seems like we're just wasting time at this point when the our builders like hey next the end of next week we're gonna schedule the cleaners for the following week. We're like uh that's not even into June and you're getting the house clean. That's weird. Like that. Oh, so wow. there's a lack <laughs> of transparency as to why it takes that long. Yeah, and and he did the mention yeah. um like hey. He'll, he'll have his list, the super the superintendent builder on the site, mm-hmm. and his boss is out of his list. Things go through. Um, there's been some hiccups with the home, so there's more people involved than usual. I think it's, you know, they're more or less going after the guy who's on site, making sure he's doing his job more so than making sure that we're happy because um, we're pretty easy, I think. I think we're easy. We do have one pending issue. I don't know if we want to talk about it on here or not. I think it's a good good thing to talk about. What do you think? Yeah, go for it. Sure. Yeah. Um, they, they, they built the wrong house. They built the wrong house. It's, ups- <laughs> it's upside down. There's no second floor. Oh, geez. No, yeah. the, so we had to, I'll leave some details out. Um, we had to pay for sure. an elevation, a different elevation because we wanted this home site that's on the very end of the street and the house next to us is the same floor plan. So we had to do a different elevation. That elevation. Yeah. For had. streetscape builders ha- oftentimes have rules of you can't build the same exact house next to each mm-hmm. other. So you gotta, if yeah. someone has elevation C, you can't have C, you're going to have to choose B or D or something. Correct. Yep. So we had to go to E instead of D. Um, of course you can't do the same color. So we're like, are we sure we have to pay that cost, that fee? In our mind, we were like, 
like we don't want to pay that like it's it was significant um it for us like well, let's not do that can we just do it? no the rules are this okay but you'll really like it it's a better you know it's it costs this much because it's better it's more premium it's more exclusive whatever um and there were some hiccups along the way we were the first home with that elevation in the neighborhood so they didn't build it correctly and we're like um that's not right and we're like showing the rendering yeah. to the builder he's like what do you mean he's like oh okay yeah i guess that's not right we're like yeah get that fixed and then they ordered the wrong materials for that elevation you know all the structural stuff's correct it's not like they should have three windows and there's two windows all that stuff's right it was just the siding pretty much trim and all that stuff so they uh, got that I thought fixed. the bump outs were incorrect too in terms of um, reversed like, no, yeah. the, the bump outs are right that that part is correct. Okay. yeah the, okay. the renderings are mirrored i wish they need a lot more tech on our site like our home is right side the other one on the site's left so it's all backwards i know um, you don't need tech oh, andrew geez. you just you print it out and then you hold it up to the light yeah, hold up to the light you look at it in a mirror <laughs> yeah. behind you or something yeah you don't need technology yeah it's same with the the color light bulb. The, and that's what you know it's funny tomorrow they're fixing exterior color because they don't know how to do the right colors uh, um Andrew. which is which is funny i'm like isn't it printed somewhere like you just match the colors like you're in a coloring book or something i guess it's not that easy um, do you personally do you like that they have that in the community where every other house if whoever you're near like the neighbors on the side of you and across from you do you like that they have that role in place with the exterior colors and so the color makes sense the elevation yeah. is different but i don't feel like it's that much different um okay. for our for our floor plan and the style yeah florida there. construction and in particular the neighborhood you're at the homes are very narrow and deep mm -hmm. correct and yeah, so the front elevation when you're considering everything you're like uh you outside of, of the front door and a window like there's only so much you can do yeah, yeah. whereas in a larger wider product line you know you got a lot more play in the roof line or front porch design mm -hmm. there's there's things that i mean i would say the cost of your elevation at first and you, you told me what it was i was like oh that's pretty good but then when i go back and i see the rendering or the pictures of that i'm like oh well yeah when you think about the front is only that wide yeah i was gonna say you yeah, don't see not, there's only so much you're gonna be able to do i guess is what I'm saying, yeah, between yeah elevations and so that's where like i'm like eh, it's not that not much different but yeah if you were to like a, a ranch home not ranch but yeah where it's wider they're 40 foot lots honestly landscaping uh packages would probably do more than elevations to help yeah, like, I was say. the number of trees or bushes or shrubs or something mm -hmm. would differentiate as much as an elevation change but we're still I mean, we're still of course you know love the house and all that stuff super excited to move into it but we're like that rendering the rendering is is definitely too much or too pretty i think i got too pretty the nice way to say it i don't know if that's common that's, you think that's no common? well it, it's just i think what's i think what's common is to hear builders when i say how come your renderings look really ugly you know they're hand drawn by the architect and they never bother to pay anyone or to use a rendering house service or, or bdx or somebody to do a 3d rendering like well we're worried that it's going to look too real and people are going to be not happy when it's not exact, you know, there are definitely situations and I've been involved in them where someone, this is back in 2004, they were like, well, the, on the rendering, your garage door has nine panels across the front. Mm. And, and in reality, there's only eight. So we want a $2,000 credit, please. And you're oh like, my gosh. but it's still basically the same pattern texture. Like it's, it's definitely, this shouldn't be a thing. Like counting the number of shingles on the roof. Yeah. That's uh, you, so know, crazy. you do have those, those scenarios and that's why you always have to have legal language. And there is, and I read that, that I'm like, oh my goodness. And it's, yeah, there's definitely a balance. It's like, how do you do it correctly? And, and, and maybe it's like this, like for us and our experience, it's just this um, cumulative of I think, I think for you, like it, the, the root, the root cause is you never really wanted to do it in, in the first place. And we didn't really know what it you was. You never saw the value.
value. Like it wasn't like, right. and then when right. they messed it up, then the human as a human, you're like, okay, it's all messed up anyway. We didn't really want it. Now you really just, there is no good feeling that can come from the fact that you're still gonna have to pay money for something that you know is not a hundred percent right. Yep. And you didn't want it to begin with. Mm-hmm. That's kind yep. of where you're And stuck. then we're at maybe at the same time, we're like, we paid the high, and this is ego, I guess, probably talking like we paid the highest home site premium. And then we got penalized with this fee. And then it's like, all those things are just right. a big yeah. circle of like, around the whole elevation E thing. Um, yeah. Like experiment. Well, you know e. You'll feel even better when yeah. I explain to you that the home site premium is a completely made up number in a hundred percent profit. Oh, I'm sh- yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I hundred percent agree. Well, Andrew, aren't you the first one having that? We are the first one. In the community? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I yeah. feel like that's half the problem there sometimes. For when sure. You're the starter house. It's like, even if they built the house as a demo, you know, just kind of to build it first. Yeah. yeah, exactly. A prototype, quick move in. And just to get all those wrongs right from the get-go before it was a customer's house. So yeah, that's yeah. Yep. Cool, but I'm ready. Ready Very to go. Exciting, Andrew. Countdown we're is like on. Tripling, Countdown is yeah, on. Yeah, we're like tripling our square feet almost. We're in a little our little condo's tiny. It's getting so smaller. So much every room day. for activities. Oof. I love Ooh, it. It's gonna be great. Oof. A lot of cleaning or something. Can't wait for you to get in and, and get settled. You're gonna you're gonna love it. I'll have, have a new office background, I think. I'll do something. I need a whole wall. Ooh, yeah, something yes. that doesn't echo as much sound wise. That's yeah. the only downside of the and metal. isn't a uh, hazard <laughs> max yes require wall. tetanus shots to uh yeah yeah to right updated. <laughs> if you bump into it <laughs> all right well let's move on to the news and kicking us off here, we had um, some back and forth. Andrew Garberson from Bounteous, formerly Luna Metrics, uh, they were acquired by a company and, and now is now called Bounteous. I reached out to him because the builder that we work with was having trouble with verifications from Google for, for Google My Business listings. And typically, you can solve that through one of two means. You either bribe the person who's supposed to get the postcard once you type in for verification to get it to you, or you use our my favorite trick. You spend a dollar uh, on your credit card to have the address forwarded to the corporate office so that you can get it and then uh, let it expire and go back. But they're having a hard time. So I reached out to Andrew just to confirm, hey, is there a great way to do bulk verifications for for companies? Um, Because there is a bulk verification method that Google has, but sometimes people say it hasn't worked for them. Or uh, And so I just want to make sure, is there anything new out there that that makes this much, much easier? The bad news is no. Um, The good news is is that a lot of people still haven't even tried the bulk verification process. So uh, we'll include in the show notes a link to that. Uh, thanks for Andrew and the team of Bounties for just double checking and getting back to um, ability to work with on that. They didn't they didn't need to do that. Thanks for going out of your way. But if you have issues with that, that is the benefit of working with someone who has connections. You know, whether it's Facebook or Google, a lot of times the folks that we're interacting with are not directly responsible or able to help with the problem. But if you're working with a partner who does have direct connection, um, they can sometimes ask for a special introduction or connection to a human being who will actually reply on some of this stuff too. So if you have more than ten locations, you can use bulk verification nice. uh, to make things easier mm. for yourself. Right. Yeah, that's right. But you still have to do it, which some people yeah. just don't have to do at all. <laughs> you still have to exactly. Do it. Oh, breaking news. We mentioned yep. that we have uh, a full-time content and event manager joining the team and do you convert? And we're allowed to say who that is now. So oh, Thais nice. Cuffey from Woo-hoo. Lasso, Thais from Lasso. Uh, is Yay. heading over to be part of the team in June and could not be more excited about it. Uh, again, she's going to help us level up both from creating learning and educational content. She'll be a huge help on the podcast and making sure that it comes out regularly and, and things are, are running smoothly there. Uh, white papers. Can't wait. 
uh, in-depth tutorials and video series and, of course, uh, managing events, which we had one that we were getting ready to announce uh, last week or so. And because of events that are super awesome that we can't talk about yet, we are postponing that for probably another 30, 45 days or so. But we are going to have some additional smaller events. Uh, The Summit, of course, is sold out, uh, but we are working on some additional smaller events that we know you guys are going to be excited about, uh, Mm -hmm. kind of boot camp style stuff, single topic, very in-depth, keep your computer open, kind of a lab course. Yeah, they're fun. And uh, so so stay tuned for more on that. But super excited to have Thais joining the team and make sure you drop her a note and let her know how excited you are to see her joining us as well. Super pumped. Okay, moving on. Yeah, cannot wait. Mm -hmm. Facebook ad library. So this has been around for, I think, a month-ish, but it is slowly growing and changing. And if you notice that the info and ads menu option is gone. So if you pull up a Facebook page on your desktop, you used to be able to click on info and ads and see all the ads they were running. That has gone away and in its place is what they're calling the Facebook ad library. And it's pretty cool. I mean, yeah, I I was going to say, what do you guys think about it? I will give a secret away. Oh, cool. I can't wait for that. I just like the fact Mm -hmm. that uh, for people who do not have a Facebook account, uh, you can quickly still still search anything that's out there. That's true. Yeah, that is that is really cool Mm -hmm. feature. I want to hear the secret now, though, of course. My secret is not to look at other builders Facebook ads. Sneaky, sneaky. To Um, not? Yeah. Two reasons. One. Yeah, don't look at them. I mean, you could go look at them and be like, oh, look, their ads are terrible. Mm -hmm. Look how bad bad they are. (laughs) That guy's that guy's not so smart. Um, You might get inspired, but you'll probably be like, oh, like I won't give you anything. I would look at other industry ads and see what other people are are running because then at least Mm. you'll be like, oh, this is different. This is, Mm -hmm. oh, here's this company. I know they do a lot on the internet. I know they do really well, especially in in my mind, anything that has to do with getting leads versus like Mm -hmm. e-commerce. So like big mortgage companies, Quicken Quicken Loans, I don't know. Any of those that you might see on TV that advertise a lot, just see what they're doing. Any, any, Mm -hmm. it could be any type of, or even like Monster, I'm sitting here drinking a Monster Energy. Especially if it's doing well and then to even bring that over, if you find something successful and then our industry doesn't have it, be the first to do it. Yeah. That's what I'm thinking. Well, and don't forget that the tool is still lying to you or not giving you complete information. So uh, yes. without mm-hmm. going too in-depth, if you pull up any of the builders that we're working for, what you are looking at is not the entire ad and does not give you a good sense of how the ad actually functions. So just know that what you're looking at isn't necessarily the, the whole story. And they are going to continue building it out. So it, it does tell you more of that story. It's also going to tell you more about how the ads are targeted. And again, the whole idea here, I believe, is they're creating this tool so that if a regulatory agency or government agency wants to figure out who they should sue or or who is violating the law, this is Facebook's tool to say, go after them directly. Don't come after us anymore because we're telling them not to do it. We're, we're trying to make it harder for them to do it. And if they choose to do it, it's on them. So use this tool to find them and sue them to oblivion. Um, someone that you shouldn't try to sue, though, <laughs> weird uh, transition. I just I typed in Zillow just because I don't know why. <laughs> and they are running currently over or around 11,000 different ads uh, in wow. total. And those must be dynamic ads or something. Uh, yeah, I, <laughs> I hope they are there. That's a lot of time. They're doing lots of different stuff. The also interesting thing that this is the first time I've noticed it. It also is breaking down for Zillow in any way. In any case, the total amount that the page has spent on ads related to politics or issues of importance. I just noticed that. So you can see that they've spent forty three thousand dollars on ads related to politics or issues of importance, which, you know, when you, there's a toggle to go and look at what those are. And it's really just more stuff about affordable housing climate change impact on real estate values and stuff like that. So nothing. Yeah. Certain keywords. Nothing. There are no that. 
Trump ads, to be clear, or yeah. ads for anyone yeah. else no. related to politics here. Yeah, I think what are we? We've seen like housing. If you say housing, yeah, um, affordable housing, big trigger housing. Yeah, some even like affordable. Like this is an affordable home in this great area. Like that could even get triggered because you said affordable, and then they're using yes, like synonyms of house. Yes, um, mm-hmm. group it in there. They're sneaky. Yep, yep. And, and this is not in the news, and we're probably going to run out of time to do a 360. That's okay though. I do want to mention because this is very interesting to me because I have not seen this personally, but I've talked in the past week and a half with now three different builders who are all either currently involved in a lawsuit or have been involved in a lawsuit related to what I would have thought were generally um, general descriptive terms that they used. Words like uh, quality, Hmm. words like luxury, words like higher standard or above standard. Things that I don't know of an apartment building that's been constructed in the last 10 years that has not been classified as a luxury apartment complex, (laughs) whether there's amenities or not, they're all luxury apartments. But for some reason, home builders are being targeted for that. And and what it all boils down to is someone gets upset about the quality of the home they're living in. They say, you said this is going to be a luxury home. Mm. I don't think it is. And if it gets to the point where it comes to a jury trial, sometimes reality gets thrown out the window in terms of what, what makes sense and what doesn't make sense. And people... People are having to defend in in a, in a legal case. What? How can they prove that they're building a luxury home, or how can they prove that they are going above and beyond a certain standard of construction if they're not being very specific, like saying we meet or exceed energy code? Mm-hmm. Just be be aware and be careful. Don't wow. be afraid as a marketer to, yeah. to ask for legal advice. Do not pretend to be a lawyer. Uh, I can tell you that will end badly because again, sometimes common sense does not apply to law. So you do need to be careful and you can't just make up anything you want to anymore or ever, not that you ever could, mm-hmm. but you really don't want to because it seems like for whatever reason right now, home builders in particular are being pulled into a lot more lawsuits than I remember hearing about. Uh, and this is not, again, not just people we work with, but other people that I've spoken with in the industry. Mm. So just a little yeah. beware. Very interesting. Uh, also a tie-in to, to Mike's latest blog post on text messaging, mass texting. You got to be super oh, careful yeah. about mass texting. Uh, the law was updated. Uh, Let's go look at the article. I'll say one thing about it while you while you pull it up mm-hmm. is um, I think marketers can especially it depends on how how dorky you are I guess um, you can't really compare certain metrics across certain channels. I know that wasn't the intent of the the blog post, but like open rates, email versus texting. Like in my mind, you can't those are they're different. Like yeah, I want to get rid of the oh, notification. One is better. That doesn't mean I opened it like, with the intent of ooh, what are they telling me? Right? You want to get rid or of even the like red dot click through yeah. rate. Like there's certain metrics you just like. I'm like you can't. I'm like it's really you can't really talk about how that's an advantage because it doesn't really mean anything but yeah like it's not the same thing it's not the same and when it comes to mass texting you also can't ignore the piss off rate which is the number of people you piss off by (laughs) sending a message that they don't really want to to hear about uh, or from so 2013 is when the law was was updated to require for texting specifically what's called unambiguous written consent which means it can't be an assumed well they gave me their cell phone number so therefore I can text them or now one-to-one it's okay but mass texting again is something to be careful about and that that that's why the, the timing of that article was great just because i am getting a sense that home builders for some reason are just being targeted more often than they used to uh for lawsuits so you want it you want to be careful mm-hmm. Check it out. all right last news story from theverge.com Verge. instagram testing hiding public light counts in canada this is from the end of april i think they've I've, mentioned they're they are for sure going to be rolling this yeah, out i saw uh, that it yeah, further. Just, yeah was 
live. Um, but I can't pull it up mm. on my phone, obviously, because I'm not in Canada and my account's not Canadian. Um, but I saw some screenshots that yeah. showed views on images, mm. not videos. I'm like, well, that's weird because that's kind of, it's yeah, not the same thing, but weird. at least we'll see. I don't know. It's all of it's weird because it'll show like, let's say I like uh, Jackie's post and it showed like mm-hmm. Kevin, Andrew, Mike, Jen, and others like this post. And then you click yeah. others and it's this mm-hmm. list of 4 million people that like Jackie's post for some reason. Um, but it doesn't think the quantity. So it's kind of replacing that total number with and others is what I've seen. Well, let, let, let's just back up and yeah. explain what this is. So they are removing not the ability to like content, mm-hmm. but for publicly for everyone beyond the content creator. So content creators or people who post will still potentially be able to not as easily, but be able to identify how many people have engaged or liked a piece of content. But the public facing of look at this image, it has 400 likes is what they are removing. Yep. Mm-hmm. And why are they doing that? From what I understand, it's all to do with the emotion side. Mark Zuckerberg also trying to be a good boy um, <laughs> because people are going for the like and and they're they're just creating content for that versus just creating content yeah. that is better. If that makes well, sense. It's, it's yeah, very short. It puts it's, more the focus yeah. on photos and the videos, the content per se, rather than just to post it for a like. But I, which, I don't know how they yeah. measure mood because they're like, although likes can be a mood boosting and encouraging to users, they can also bring them down especially if content does not perform well. Mm-hmm. I don't know how they measure that stuff. Um, somehow they measure it, how some people feel based on it. But I, I feel like that would change change Instagram quite a bit because that's part of the game. And, and I think it will change it right. potentially for the better. I think people certainly are, are focused on that, especially, you know, they're, talk, they're focused on the mental health of younger, younger folks mm-hmm. who are using yeah. the platform and becoming depressed or see it as a form of bullying when people do or don't like things. So, but, but one thing to be clear on is that Facebook and Instagram will still know what content content is viral slash popular. Yep. They're just getting rid of that outward indication to others of that case, but they're still going to have that data. They're still going to use that data. It's just not going to be posted. Now, let's kind of wrap up with this discussion of one of the things that oftentimes we see causes uh, or, a, or a grid side benefit of having a great Facebook ad or Instagram ad is all of that social proof and engagement that goes along with it. So if Facebook is next uh, in that similar idea, that could potentially have a negative impact for how home builders uh, talk about and show their, their products on the platform. Right. I agree. I agree. Yeah. You know, cause you won't know or see anymore that there are 300, uh, parts like smiley faces. Yeah. And I feel like going Facebook along is with more particular yeah. ad. visual with their likes, comments, shares versus Instagram. You know, it's just, it's the same color. It's right there underneath the image, but on Facebook, it's, you could have the heart would be red. You know, the, there's the, and, but I feel like mm-hmm. for Facebook and correct me if I'm wrong, or if you think differently, but I feel like Facebook in that sense is more to generate a conversation and Instagram being it's focus being the pictures or videos per se and some of the content. But I feel like conversation is has so much more on the other platform yeah, than Instagram. I agree. I, I don't I think you're right. I don't disagree at all. Okay. I do know that there's been a lot of tests done recently that I've that I've seen. Well maybe we compile them and talk about them later. Where across almost all platforms now, Twitter to to LinkedIn, Facebook, everything, is that all these platforms at the end of the day seem to be prioritizing written comments over mm. reality actions, emojis, mm-hmm. et cetera. It, 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 creating real conversation, to your point, Jackie, is the yeah. ultimate goal of all these platforms and what they're giving the biggest um, algorithmic love 
to is content that's creating conversations. Yes. So maybe that's a way to draw that more in that direction mm-hmm. instead of more focused on the likes and I'll be yeah. curious. Yeah. It'll be interesting yeah. to see because I'll need to change the whole comment yeah. layout on Instagram, which is kind of a pain um, to follow like a nested uh-huh. conversation. Right. Yeah. Yeah. But that would be interesting. Yep. Encourage that behavior. Yep. Super cool. I just, I'm for anything that reduces the amount of spammy clickbaity oh, yeah. stuff that Please. is mm-hmm. designed to, you know, especially man, if we get rid of those, give it a heart. If you like this and a smiley oh, yes, face, if please. you well, those, yeah. that is not, it's just so freaking transparent that you're trying to hack the system. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and again, to, to, if you're communicating to millennials or younger, it's not tricky. You're not fooling anyone when you get on a live stream and you say, give me some hearts and likes, blah, 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 blah. Yeah. Which, they know more uh, than anybody. Like that's, yeah. Tell me where you're from. Get out, get out of here. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Oh man. That's the cops and robbers game that's always going to go on with algorithms. So it's yep. people trying to hack it and and them yeah. trying to update it. So holy smokes, almost a full hour. Uh, we're gonna we're gonna shut it down. We did go go to the go to last week's question of the week. Uh, we did not post it, so you couldn't have answered we'll it post yet. It. Anyway, so we'll we'll post that up there and uh, comment along. It was uh, let's see what was last remember? week's question. I'm gonna Here, find out right, right now. Let's see what does your regular interaction with sales leadership look like, and how often in, in a month do you meet with sales leadership? What's the question? We'll have a poll up there. And then if you answer more specific details of what that looks like, that's how you enter for the major prize. So go check that out. That'll do it for this week. For published articles, blog posts, videos, and more, check out doyouconvert.com. It's also the best way to find out how to connect with us on Facebook, Instagram, LinkedIn, and anywhere else we are online. Have a great rest of your week. We'll see you next time. Bye, everyone.